recently I had a chance to sit down with Cody Wright and talk about the Lot Project. Cody's got a great heart for those in need and really just loves on people the way that I've never seen before. I hope that you'll enjoy this short episode where we talk about the Lot Project and how he loves on the least of these. Well, tell me about the Lot Project. Yes, so... Tell me about where you came from. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of pieces to that question of what is the Lot Project. Tell me about the Lot Project. Um, I'll tell you my part of getting into the Lot Project. So I was studying two years in a ministry school where there I was required to get some volunteer hours um, within a church. And just personally, I, I couldn't find my place. I couldn't find my gifting within the walls of a church. I, I was went on a radical trip to Uganda, just fell in love with the mission world, and uh, wanted to go do that because it was where my heart really was. Uh, coming back from that trip, being wrecked, I found out that there were people who lived maybe 15 minutes away from me who were just as much in need as my friends that I got to meet in Uganda. So that just kind of blew me away. So part of my college was... I was volunteering a couple hours a week with a man named Andy Gibson, who started the Lot Project with a friend named Matt Beasley. But um, man, I started volunteering at the Lot Project when I was 19, just serving food and clothes, and just my heart was hooked. It was awesome. So a local mission. Yep, local mission, <laughs> right in my backyard. It was never saw that coming. And then about man, two months before I graduated college, Andy asked me to come on full time and get to direct it so it was like dream come true for my 19 year old self wow so yeah so why the lot project I mean, what is it about it that has really captivated you yeah so i'll tell you this um on top of the beautiful noise of coffee being ground in the morning i'll tell you <laughs> and soon the smell <laughs> and soon the smell but i'll tell you for me personally and i, I really think i just nailed this question down recently um for me, the Lot Project was such an essential part of my own healing, um, me understanding who I was. You know, you come into a place and you're sitting around some of the most misunderstood people in the community who have been told all kinds of lies about yourself. And you want to go in and you want to speak new identity over those people, give them a new identity. But it's really hard to believe for other people if you don't believe it for yourself. So for me, when I got in the Lot Project and just started serving, being around the culture of, of homeless people, people in need, um, people with <clears throat> wrong view of self, I think that the Father lovingly and just intricately began to speak identity over me and tell me who I was. So a lot of lies were broken off of what I believed about myself and truth was replaced. So for me, that was the Lot Project just kind of has that. It was a healing place for me. So I'm sure there are a hundred stories, and we're not going to try to capture a hundred stories in a few minutes. Of course. Here. But talk about some of the guys. Tonight, that's a generic term for me. Yeah. Talk about <laughs> some of the, as you call them, friends. Right. Pick one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's give, easy. Give me, give me something. Easy. So there's a man named Ronnie. Um, depending on the day, he'll tell you his name is Ronnie or Peyton, one of the two. I know. But, but yeah, so think like a six foot four, yep. um, used to be basketball player, baller, just, just, uh, man, he's, he's so lovely. So he, uh, he walks with a limp. He's got a really bad hip that needs some healing. But, um, Ronnie, I got to know Ronnie 
really close to him and started volunteering. And we just sit down and listen to him tell me stories. And he actually used to be a basketball player and uh, played for college, like was good, and was going to get drafted into the NBA. Wow. And something happened and wasn't able to make the draft. And, um, man, his son is actually like a a football quarterback, like a not pro, but a pretty known can't remember off the top of my head. Mm. Crazy story. But he's out here in the streets, and he kind of crashes from couch to couch. Mm. He's been around Anderson for a really, really long time. And uh, he's become one of my closest and dearest friends. I mean, there's a lot of trust there. Right. I've spent multiple coffees and lunches with Ronnie, wow. um, just getting to know him and love him. And, um, man, we have a really unique friendship. And it's really cool because we can, like – in the same way that, you know, just typical friends would understand each other, that is my relationship with Ronnie at the Lot Project. He comes in, I can tell the days that he's down, I can tell the days yeah. he's having a good day when his hip is really hurting. Yeah. But um, really, I think for, for me, I realized with Ronnie, it was one of the best examples that success at the Lot Project isn't getting somebody off the street, and it's not even bringing them up to middle class. Right. It's letting them know that they're really loved and valued. Right. And I, I know that Ronnie can look at me and know that I love him. And for me, that is what what love looks like, you know. Yeah, so talk about that, being loved and valued. I've heard you say say things to that effect. And I think that's just, you know, we're talking about guys that are that are living in pretty desperate situations. Right, right. Um, the way you started this out was you talked about yourself and, mm. and how you had, to, totally. you had to accept that. And so I think the story is more than just about guys that are coming in off the street. I think it's oh, yeah. a bigger story than that. Oh, yeah. But talk about the names that people attach to Yeah, totally. Individuals. Totally. And it hit me pretty early on, and a lot of this stuff that I learned came from a good friend and mentor, Andy Gibson. He's my boss. He's my roommate. He's my friend. And uh, he helped me really begin to understand for myself right off the bat. But so, uh, yeah, for me – you sit in a room with 80 to 100 people off the street in any given situation, and really you think about what their day has been like. I mean, most of them, no job, no place to really hang out in their living room, so they're at the library or on the street or whatever doing their thing. And all the time, you know, we think about the most vulnerable among us, the low, the, the poor, whatever you want to call them, the people who are throwing up the sign at Walmart, and automatically... You know, we begin to label and put identities on them, having never met them or talked to them. So it's things like, man, druggie or prostitute, panhandler, moocher, lazy. You would rather make so much money off other people's money because you're too lazy to work. And while some of that may be true, we've never had an opportunity to sit down and even hear their story. You know, and I really, from the Law Project, what it's taught me is that some of them, it really is like, They've learned to beat the system, and it's more comfortable to fly a sign than, than go to work. And that's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but some of them, I mean, like tragic things have happened. And, right. and father passed away, and mom and four kids have no other income. And they really just, you know, they're just trying to get by. So I think a lot of times they're given identities without ever having met them. And then also the thing I think really sucks is that a person's circumstance doesn't define who they are as a person. Right. What they are living in, what you see at face value, is not at all the identity that we should give people. Right. And a lot of our friends repetitively hear negative identities about themselves so many times so where there just comes a point where they believe it. 
I mean, you get called a beggar enough and you're going to play the role of a beggar. You get called a drug dealer enough, you're eventually going to go do something, you know, because it's all people know you as. So for me, that was just one of the most tragic things I began to learn. Mm -hmm. So how safe is it? You know, yeah. how safe is it for me to to volunteer or, or be, you know, to come and serve at the lot project? Yeah, safe has so many different meanings. No, um, safe, man, I mean, it is, it's raw and it's organic. I mean, there's no really filter process we use for people who can come in. At the lot project, it's, hey, we're going to open up at 4.30. We're going to give you clothes. We're going to give you a hygiene bag if you need it, a pair of shoes, hot plate of food, and we're just going to give you some warm smiles and people who are willing to listen. And we don't care what you did today, what you did last night. You're not defined by your lowest moment. And in here, we just want to let you know how valuable you are. So I've definitely, we've had people come in off the streets who are coming down from a high or they just chug a few mini bottles before they came in and are drunk. And, um, man, what I've really found is, A, we, we take precautions with volunteers to make sure that safety right. is given. You know, there's sure. it's not like we just throw them to the wolves. But B, also, and, and man, I'm fully convinced of this because I am a five foot ten skinny white boy who gets to run it. <laughs> so I'm fully convinced that the Lord really does offer a special special protection of everything that happens yeah. and the word that we've coined is we've declared over that space and over that building that this is a safe place yeah. there's not going to be chaos there's not going to be uh, tension this is going to be a place where people can take their backpack off they can shut their eyes and not have to watch their back right. they can breathe and they can rest a little bit because this isn't the streets yep. and what happens in the streets happens in the streets right. but when you're in the lot project this is a safe place yeah. So, man, I've seen numerous times God just protect that and people be able to feel that rest. So. You know, and, I, and I would certainly uh, say that I've seen that as well. You know, every right. time that I've been there, you know, there's a sense that it's a special place that, that I am safe. And that right. you know, the, the people that are there come from an extremely different background than I do. Mm -hmm. But there's a level of comfort and an opportunity to, to reach out and just love on somebody. Totally. So. Totally, there is. And it's it's safe. And some of the people, I've developed so many friendships with people off the street. It's like, I feel incredibly safe. Some of my friends have been like, you know I'd go to jail for you. You know I'd, I'd pop a cap. And I'm like, that's not what love looks like in here. Not necessary. So talk about volunteer experience. So I'm, I'm a new guy that heard something about the Lot Project. Yeah. How, how can I get plugged in? Let's go ahead and get through that. Yeah, go ahead, the logistics. So we're working on, goal is we actually have an awesome orientation class. We're working on that. Some with your wife. <laughs> your wife being the genius, she is helping us write some of that. Yeah. But we hope to have an orientation class that we can offer once a month where people can kind of get the brief rundown. Right. But right now, it really is arms open. It's, hey, we're going to give out free food and clothes at 4.30. If you want to volunteer, just show up at 4 o'clock. We're going to get you put into an awesome system called Rock. Make sure you get a name tag, and then we're going to... So that's Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 4 to 6 yeah. is volunteer times. Right. And, um, yep, you show up, and uh, we'll get you checked in, and we're just going to walk you through some opportunities. We have a kids area. Sometimes we need, or we always need volunteers in the kids area and hang out with kids and make sure they're safe while their parents shop around and get what they need. Uh, people giving out hygiene products. We have people giving out bottles of water. People counting how many plates we're giving out. 
So there are a few opportunities like that, but really what we need from people is people who just know how to love and be relational, who can sit across the table from a stranger and just all walls down, hey, you're really loved and valuable, and I'm just going to do whatever you need for me to show you that. So that is for anybody who's who's called to that, you know. Um, We're not desperate. God always gives us what we need. So, and for me, and while we're on it, so for me, it's it's that so many people come with the idea that we're going to do this incredible work for all these people, but I would say it's totally 50-50. So for me, I get really excited when new volunteers show up because I know the potential of healing and identity that's going to be get to be spoken over them as they turn to serve right. the friends coming in. So it's it's for anybody that feels like they should. So that's Tuesday and Thursday, but I think you have some other things. Yes. So Mondays and Wednesdays, we have what is called our donation center time. And pretty much the goal of that is we want to get everything prepared to give out the following evening. So Monday nights from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. It's a little bit of a smaller crowd. It's always just volunteers. And we're going to sort through clothes, men's, women's, children. We're going to tag them. We're going to write a size on them, get them hung up, prepare some hygiene bags, get some fresh shoes on the rack. So that when we walk in on Tuesday, we've got everything we need to give out. And then we do the same thing on Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So So I'll make sure we put some notes in there so that people can see all that. But I just want you to see. Absolutely. One of the things that really impresses me, and I think that I've been personally really transformed over the last couple of years as I I read about poverty and I read about homelessness, I've had opportunities in my life to, to speak into some of that. But... What I really love is when you talk about identity and you talk about the guys that are mm-hmm. on the street getting that, you know, they're hearing they're, they're a loser, they're this, they're that. Yeah. And you just speak, you know, hey, you're a friend. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're this perfect son of yeah. God. And you have the opportunity right. <laughs> right. to be transformed. Yeah. yeah. And, it's radical. And what I really, I take that not just from the guys that walk in as your friends, but as a volunteer, as it transformed your life, there's an opportunity for me to to chip away at that facade that mm-hmm. I put up, you know, as you oh, know, yeah. middle class American kind mm-hmm. of thing. Right. And it really starts to work on a heart change. So talk about volunteers and, and you know, people that aren't the ones that are coming in for coming food. in for food. Yeah. But you know have you do you have any stories or any anything you'd like to share about a volunteer that's really been changed. Oh, man, totally. Apart from myself, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I think that's a good one. That's really good. Um, I know there's numerous people that have come. One of the guys I think I just look at and see is a guy named Evan. Evan Francis from AU. Name dropping here. But this is good because this is all good things about Evan. But Evan is a AU student, either in his junior or senior year, but started his freshman year coming and volunteering um, with the Anderson University folks. And I think one thing I just saw Evan begin to rock at is just walking in confidence the more that he came into the lot project. And I think it's like this. What's really sad to me is we can tell you, you can tell me 10 things that you're not good at, 10 right. things that you is a flaw about you, but you have a hard time telling me three things that you do extremely well. And I think that's backwards. Like, I think we're supposed to be, and people call it pride. I call it humility. Being able to hear what's true about us and accept it and walk in that victory, I think that is the most 
honest form of humility. So um, for Evan, though, I remember he came and he was just a freshman and he was kind of like, whoa, this is a lot to take in, but I enjoy it. And uh, over time, I just begin to see his heart soften and soften. He can name anybody in the lot project now. And, and I see Evan qu- be very quick to, um, when people are believing something that's not true about themselves, Evan is very quick to be like, hey, that's not true. You know that's not true about you. You are not this. You are yeah, this. Right, right. And I think for me to watch Evan, because I know that in order for him to get there, it happened for himself. Yeah. That he had this view on himself that was a little lower than true. And through volunteering at the Lot Project, because one, one thing that I'm doing and other volunteers are doing is we're not only speaking identity to our friends coming in off the street. We're speaking identity and truth over our volunteers. Yeah. So yeah. I think Evan just hit this place where he was like, this is true about me. So now he refuses to let anyone believe anything less than truth as well. Awesome. So for me, that, I think that's one of the stories. And now, like, I would trust Evan to do anything in the Lot Project. I mean, he could go and run one himself and right. just succeed. You know, he just, it hit him. So, So yeah, I think the real one of the real changes that I see is that when you start talking about identity, you know, based on what business card I may be carrying. Right. Um, <clears throat> If I can honestly look at a guy and, and see something positive in, in, in someone that's living in much more desperate times and recognize that God sees us all mm. without any of that stuff. You know, he strips away all of the all of the facade that we put up, mm. whether it's a negative facade or, yeah. you know, I just drove in my fancy new car. Mm. You know, all that stuff. God doesn't see any of that. Yeah. He sees right to the heart. and. When our eyes begin to get open and we start to see the heart of humanity, and then we realize, as you know, C.S. Lewis said, you know, you've never dined with a mere mortal. Hmm. Each and every one of the yeah. people that you've interacted with has a has an eternal plan. Yeah, eternal absolutely, destiny. absolutely. And we're all equal, hmm. and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that love starts to show up. Yep, that's exactly way. right. And I appreciate what you're doing. I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, I hope that we get to do this more, and more. often. I want to yeah. try to keep these short enough that people yeah. might want to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> but no, man, I I love it absolutely, absolutely. So, last word of encouragement from Cody Wright. Tell me something. You know, why should someone volunteer? You know, what are they going to get from this? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are they? What do they get? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. And and I really do think it is that. Uh, being able to see who the Father really says that you are. I mean, man, I really, I believe that the, the biggest question we'll ever answer, answer for ourselves is, who am I? And I think if we can confidently and accurately answer that question, everything else comes with it. If we are confident that we are sons and we are daughters of the King Jesus and we are royalty, then we will, we will always take our rightful place and do what, do what we're supposed to do. Because we know what our Father's voice sounds like. We know that we're equipped and able to do whatever it is He needs us to do. And I think that at the Lot Project, we offer a platform for that kind of healing to be brought over time. And, and it happens in its own unique and special way for everybody. Like, it's not going to happen for you like it did for me or me like it did for you. And I think that that's the beauty of it is it's just we created a two-hour space. Like, we're going to give out food. We're going to give out clothes. But the most important thing that happens in there is what God is doing uniquely in every individual's heart. So all we did was we just created a space. We're like, hey, four to six, Tuesdays and Thursdays in this building. And then other than that, it's like, Father, whatever you want to do, 
we, we yield to your spirit. So, man, I think that heart change happens for you. And it's different than sitting in church. Like, it's different than sitting in church and hearing a really good sermon or sitting in worship and worshiping. And I think all of that is necessary and good, and heart change comes from that. But there's a verse, and I guess I can leave with this. There's a verse in Isaiah, somewhere in the 50s, 51 through 59, I can't tell you off my head. But it talks about if you quit the pointing of the finger um, and the, the maliciousness, malicious talk, then your healing will come. If you pour out yourself for the needy, you give to the oppressed. It talks about your healing coming like, like the breaking of dawn. And your, your gloom will be turned to joy. Your bones will be made strong like a well-watered garden. So literally what I read when I read that is, man, serving the poor is healing. Like yep. serving the poor equals healing. Yep. And it happens in its own unique way. So what we, we've created is just a place for you to come experience your healing. So and it's awesome. And I invite anyone and everyone who feels called to that to come and be a part of it. So, yeah. Hey, thanks, Cody. I appreciate your time yeah, this morning. Yeah, man. Coffee should be ready anytime. Now. Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> um, you so much. And Seriously. really, I just want to reach out to anybody that might be listening to this. Uh, 302, what is it? West Market West Street. West Market Street, yeah. West it's right Market. in the middle of Anderson. It's walking distance yeah. from yeah. from where we're sitting on Main Street. It's just right around the corner. Yeah. 302 West Market Street. Tuesdays and Thursdays, serving guys, you know, Basically, consider four to six as your opportunity to mm. show up and, right. and love on people. So, and then also, if you don't have the time, uh, we are always accepting donations. So, go. some needs we have right now are large men's shoes, preferably tennis shoes and work boots. Yep. Um, people walk a lot of miles; they need some shoes that hold up, especially with winter coming around. And speaking of winter, sleeping bags. We could really use sleeping bags and blankets. Cool to give out to some of our friends in the street. So those donations. Also, Facebook. If you want to know more about The Lot Project, most of our information is done through social media, specifically Facebook. So it's just The L-O-T Project. Awesome. Well, thanks. We'll wrap it up this time and look forward to talking to you next time. Cheers. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and we look forward to more conversations with people of The Lot Project.